a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Well, I guess I'm going to kick us off. Kicking us off. Ready to do the damn thing. On a Friday. We don't do the Friday. That's unusual. We don't do the Fridays very often, but um, it's it's muy caliente, and uh, especially in the garage, like I was just telling you. So I've got the got a nice cool burr here. Yeah, boy. For a Friday night, got a good guest. Top again. We got a good guest lined up. Ryan Cook's got stories about swimming bears. Let's kick off. And we are the Bass Report. But this is the ba- this is the Bass Report podcast. In, in case you didn't know, in case you're a new listener out there, it's Ryan Cook over there. I'm Joel. Um, yeah, you know what? Um, I can I completely spaced. Um, I was finishing up some stuff from work all the way up until we started this one here. So, um, I need to do the draw for last month. Um, had a, a great bunch of stuff. So, um, I'm gonna do that draw here after this podcast and post it up. So. Apologize. We are in a new month. It is a new month. Uh, thanks, everybody, for the support. Um, tons of guys support now, which is really, really great. Um, and me and Ryan are going to be working on some stuff here as things start to go into fall. We're going to do another another meetup. Um, and, yeah, we're going we're gonna to start getting creative on some different ways and some fun things to do. So And, and it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with, uh, with what we're talking about tonight with uh, Andy Dudna. So... I hope I'm saying his name right. I guess we're going to find out. I think it's Doudna. I'm pretty sure it's Doudna. Doudna? We're gonna I believe f- it's Doudna. We're going to yeah. find out. Probably should have called him. I've only talked to him through text, so. Ten bucks just for fun. Let's do it. Ten bucks? Okay. Sorry, Andy. Doudna sounds, Doudna sounds cool. But we're going to, we're going to, I know, right? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to set the record straight here in just uh, a few minutes when he gets on here. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, big thanks to uh, Anonymous Donor for last week's our last month's giveaway. Um, we have a lot of these anonymous donors now, just guys that, that support and then send us cool stuff and just want to kind of help out and give back. And it's pretty, it's pretty bitching. Well, and it's cool when they want to do it. I mean, not that if you, if you want to donate or do something and get credit for it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, yeah, but not at all. That tells you a lot about a guy's character when they do it. And they're like, yeah, nobody needs to know. I just want to just help out. Yeah. That's pretty super. Cool. Cool, super solid individual. Um, yeah, another SSI. I'm gonna get that tattooed on my forearm. G Rap Bates, Phoenix Rods, the only rods me and Ryan throw, as well as I think Andy as well. He's he's a he's a Phoenix guy. So I love my talk, Phoenix rods. We can, we can talk to him about some of his his favorite Phoenix rods. I mean, we can we can geek out on Phoenix a little bit in this episode as well. One thing, and I'm gonna start us off with a real quick just for fun here, but. I have been, I don't, when did we team up with Phoenix, Joel? What's it been about? It's been close to a year now, right? Um, I want to say that it was in December. I want to okay, say. Okay, so we're, we're coming up on it here shortly. <clears throat> on the water, four to six days a week, kids and adults stepping on my rods several times a day. <laughs> I have only had one rod in, so what's that, nine months or so, eight, nine months? <clears throat> I've only had one, one maxim one phoenix maxim rod break and that broke in my living room with bobby barrick on the podcast because i was oh, i remember that checking the old tip of it so <laughs> dude if you want a versatile and all of their all of their rods are fantastic but if you want to if you want a low 
cost rod that is tough, that is light, that is sensitive, those Phoenix Maxims are money. Yeah, I know it's not the coolest thing in the world, but I find myself uh, with that Maxim spinning rod in my hand a lot. Um, finessing, finding the fish. I tried. I'm, I'm really trying to throw bigger stuff um, so I can be like one of the cool kids. But I find myself uh, in with that rod in my hand a lot. That seven foot was a seven foot two medium. Seven two medium. Yep. It's a workhorse, man. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, Sorry, I threw you out of your rhythm. There. No, no, give us the give us the bear story, man. If you guys haven't seen that video, go check out Ryan's Instagram. Is it just a story, or did you post it as a as a reel? Um, I po- I posted it as a reel. That's right. Um, it's on Facebook. The fi- oh god, it, that thing blew up on Facebook. It's got I don't even know. I mean, I'm gonna look it up. I'm trying. I'm not a good multitasker. It's pretty but, wild, um, and that wasn't no small bear either, oh, dude. Amazing. That was so cool. Let me t- turn that volume oh, down. Um, it, it it was so cool though. So I have never in my life, so it's got 1.2 thousand shares and it's up to like over 80,000 views. Um, But people like it. It's not something you see every day. And I've been getting a lot of hate out there. Like you'd be amazed how many people are upset that I filmed this bear in the water from a safe distance and didn't push. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. These tree hugging liberals out there. And if you are one, I said what I said. Um, But we were cruising up the lake i'm going through um up on lake mcclure going through the canyon the narrows i'm I'm about halfway through the canyon and i see what i think is a floating log in the water i it's it's in front of me i kind of go around it and all of a sudden as i'm looking you know and i'm a good at this point i'm a good 70 80 yards away and i said dude that thing's moving that's got ears holy shit that's a bear i said i've always wanted to see this so i flip around um, you know, I stay a very safe distance. I wasn't going to stress this thing out. I'm, you know, I'm an animal lover. Um, I, I get the cell phone out, clean the old lens up real quick, start recording, do the whole zoom in thing. And it, it's, it's so awesome today. Cell phones. You got, you know, I got the new iPhone 13. Everything's just H the high def. It's awesome. So yeah, man, it was cool. I couldn't tell in the water how big it was, you know, it's, it, and I was a ways away, like I said, and, um, and then when that thing got out of the water on those rocks, if you guys haven't seen the video, go check that out on my Instagram. But this thing was massive. I mean, this thing this had this had to be a three hundred fifty pound plus bear. I would say it was a hoss for sure. I'm not good at I'm not good at guessing. I, I'm not. I'm you know I've never killed a bear or anything. But even soaking wet, where bear. you think it would make it look smaller and skinnier because it's the hair's yeah. not puffed up. It was still huge. That, that was a big boy. And then you watch it climb and run up those rocks like it's nothing. It would have took me and you. 10 minutes to get where that thing got in 10 seconds yeah they don't mess around yeah they do not mess around yeah no you were you were you were nowhere close to to being anywhere where you were going to stress that bear out i mean no and i wouldn't do that it was swimming to where it was swimming and you watched it continue finish its swim it it wasn't like it had got across the lake and i like cut it off and i'm like no you go back that way people on the internet are ridiculous it's, it's so ridiculous and actually, on it makes them so feel better it, about themselves that they were so so yeah. self righteous. They're all that fishing guy needs to just back off, back off. It, Ryan it got shared on like ABC News, Fox News, and all that stuff. And I went on and just to read their comments, and I'm going, oh god. And then there was a bunch of people. Actually, we had a couple podcast listeners. I can't think of the names that, that came to my aid, and we're like, no, 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 no. That that's not how this went down. Like the dude's legit. He he's out there every day. He just caught something cool on camera. 
Yeah, God. And then they went off on him. They're like, "You've probably never spent five minutes in nature in your life. Shut up!" And I'm, I'm just sitting here watching this. <laughs> Ridiculous. Just a shit show. You should have stopped the boat, turned around quickly, and got out of there, dude. Give him a wide yeah. berth, at least a mile. I'll call Peter next time. We have a bear that's drowning in the water. <laughs> Animal control. <laughs> There's a bear. Yeah. It's drowning. No, but it was just cool. Yeah, I mean, I've been on these lakes my whole life, my entire life, and I've seen. I've seen a couple videos, you know, of of people recording a bear that's walking the shoreline. I did see one video from New Maloney's a couple years ago of of another real big bear that was swimming in the water. But you know, I've I've personally, I've only seen one bear at these motherlode lakes in my entire life, and it was one of those. A client saw it a couple years ago, actually on Lake McSwain, which is just below Lake McClure. Um, and it was way up the, like I had stopped cause they wanted to like just stop and relax and eat lunch. It was an older couple. I took out trolling for trout, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to stop, eat lunch. So I pulled the boat up on the bank. We're hanging out. The lady's looking up the hill and she's like, what is that up there? It's black and it's moving. And I got the cell phone out, you know, zoomed it in and I was, oh gosh, that's a bear. But I mean, it, it wasn't one that you could even see well with your naked eye. Like it's hard to make out. So this was just, just a cool experience. You know, it's something it may never happen again. And it was just getting to be out there every day. You get blessed to see things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Ryan cook way to, way to be on the camera. Way to get some good footage. Way to go viral. Thanks, buddy. Thanks coach. Um, what's going on with the fishing out, uh, uh, up there besides the bear watching fishing, dude. I mean, you know, I'd be lying if I told you it was fantastic. Um, it's a grind. We we have had some fun the last. I've been at Lake McClure the last two trips. Got on. Um, we've caught them pretty decent. I mean, you know, we've been able to put twenty plus fish in the boat uh, the last two trips on McClure. The last three or four trips on Maloney's has been pretty good. Um, but they're suspended. They're if you want to go out and throw a jig right now, I mean, that's and drag it on the bottom. You're good luck with that. I mean, you're going to catch a few fish, but these fish are suspended. You need to keep moving. You need to fish baits for suspended fish, you know, I and mean, whether it be around a tree and you're throwing a weightless Senko, um, you're swimming, you know, a, uh, um, a Kitek type bait, you know, on a, on a weighted head apparatus type deal, whether it be a dart head, swim bait head, underspin, you need to be fishing your bait, um, up off the bottom. To put it simply, look for things they can suspend around, whether it be wood, whether it be bridge pillars. We've talked about all this under docks, under houseboats. We've caught several fish the last two weeks. And guys always get mad when I talk about this, but I don't care. Um, We've caught several fish the last two weeks from under houseboats. And some of these fish are, you know, they've got their back, you know, rubbing on the pontoon at the houseboat. Some of these fish were catching on spoons in, in 30 to 60 under these houseboats. And they're just using the shade. Um, Keep an open mind. Keep moving. Watch your graph. Right now, you need to be watching your graph constantly. And I don't care if you have forward-facing sonar. If you are like me and you're kind of old school, I just run Lowrance HDS nines. You know, I, I'm still, I still run regular 2D old school sonar, and it works for me. I know, I know what I'm seeing. I know how to use it. But um, a lot of these fish we're catching, we're seeing on the graph and dropping on them. There's days we're dropping spoons on them. A lot of days we're just, I'm, I'm just dropping a, you know just a regular drop shot uh, <laughs> six inch robo warm morning dawn has been killer lately for whatever reason they're hitting that better than like 
if I put a shad style bait down there. So, um, yeah, just, just, uh, keep moving, keep covering water till you see them. Like we've talked about before, they will give themselves up. Look for the fish busting, look for the birds around there. You know, there's ways to find them. Um, and man, if, if you, if you struggle this time of year, like a lot of people do, cause it is tough. And I'm not saying, you know, that we're out there slamming them every day, but we're catching fish every day. Um, book yourself a trip for this time next year. Let's go out. Let me show you how to do this. Cause it's, it, it's, it's, it's a really good time of year to go learn. It's it may not be the most fun fishing in the world, but if you like to fish and you're not going to sit on the couch all year long, um, not to brag, but there's, there's a lot I can teach you guys in seven hours on the water that will completely change the way you look at late summer, early fall fishing. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. I actually got out last week, which was nice. Um, How'd you do? I got a couple, you know, the, the lake, the lake hadn't been out there in a couple, couple months since before Hawaii. Um, Dude, everything else we've already talked about COVID and vacation. Mm -hmm. Um, but I got out there and because you need reservations on the weekend, and I never have reservations. Plus, that place is just a shit show with jet skis and wake boats and stuff. So, um, but I went out there for a couple hours and found a couple. The I mean, it's crazy how how quickly grass can grow up and just completely change the bite you had. You know, obviously a couple mm-hmm. months prior, but um, it's cool. It's not a bad thing to have with all that grass, and it's fun to fish around and kind of figure out. Right, just change up what you're doing. But, uh, yeah, well, and I've had a few clients come out the last month or so that are from your area and fish the same bodies of water that you fish. And it sounds like if you're going out and even catching a couple right now, you're doing pretty good because everything I've heard, those lakes are real, real tough right now. Yeah, they can. Well, they can be pretty much any time of year. If you're not, if you're not in the right spot, you're not doing the right thing. It can be real tough. Um, yeah. But um, it's a challenge. It's cool. It's just different. But uh, hopefully, going to get out on Sunday. Happy, uh, happy Labor Day week, long Labor Day weekend, everybody. You're probably going to be listening to this. Uh, hopefully, if you're doing long drives or something, we're keeping you uh, entertained. You doing anything special yep. for Labor Day? We're not. I'm actually going to be fishing on Labor Day. I've got a um, a client coming from Utah. Jonathan Groves, he's a, he's a cool guy, big supporter. He donates a lot of stuff to our charity tournaments we do. He's just just a cool dude. Um, he's bringing his son out. He's 13. They're going to come up to Maloney's, so we're going to be on Maloney's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He's bringing his – towing his fifth wheel up, thank God, because he's got an AC in it or else he'd be dying. It's mm-hmm. going to be – what's it going to – we just talked about – it's going to get up to 113, I think. Something like that, yeah, something – ludicrous it's going to be 110 plus for three days in a row so not looking forward to the heat looking forward to fishing with him so i'm I'm going to be out on labor day which is i don't usually ever fish on a holiday or a weekend but that's the only time he could do it so we're going to get out there early and get off the water early and and hope um we don't get in a fight at the boat ramp because that's been going on a lot lately (laughs) that's the plan uh that's the plan on sunday for me i'm gonna try to get out there get out early Get off the water by noon before it gets straight hellacious. Yep. Um, yeah, and hats. I uh, had, a, had a couple people uh, hit up the order form. The order form's on the website if you want to buy a hat. Um, and then uh, they don't follow through and go to the PayPal to pay for the hat. So I reached out to email. So if, if you've ordered one, check your email because I emailed you. <laughs> 
uh, just to confirm orders and things like that. So, yeah. and we're getting close to ordering another batch of the the truckers, the camo truckers. So, I I, I want to get one of those. Mm-hmm. Hey, before we forget, do do we want to at this point before we get started, do we want to um, do our thanks to everybody, or do we want to do that at the end? Yeah, we can do it now. Go ahead. I was just just thinking. Well, so we want to thank Stage Stop Gun Shop. Mm-hmm. As always, if you're in the Atwater area, go check it out. Um, big support of the podcast. My beautiful fiance is the general manager general manager down there. So, if you happen to pop your head in, ask for Diana. Um, tell the boys up front that you're with that you are a, a Bass Report listener, and she uh, she's not too busy. She'll give you a tour of the shop. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to thank Howdy Bait and Tackle. They got their Labor Day sale going on this weekend. So mm-hmm. I think it's like 20% off and they're taking their paying the sales tax. I believe that's the deal. Regardless, it's a, it's a heck of a hookup. So if you're, again, if you're in this area, um, not in the Valley, if you're in the Bay Area, get over there. Um, say hi to our friends, Denise, Mickey, Josh, all those guys. That's right. And yeah, and, and oh, I, I was forget to mention this. Stage Top Gun Shop, and I'm just talking to our new listeners, all of you veterans. Um, already know but stage top gun shop has a really cool fishing section too mm-hmm. and they've got the phoenix rods yep you shouted out phoenix rods already we did g rap baits uh hooked us up with some baits uh, a couple months ago and been doling those out uh for giveaways every month so big thanks to them spear point mm-hmm. hooks as always keep them stuck get your pliers out get the pliers um we got to give a shout out to our buddy joe orosco up at bass union he helps us out a lot um, if you're looking for some great baits, if you're looking for, he makes all kinds of stuff, hit up Joe, mm-hmm. um, at Bass Union. He also guides great, great guide up there. Um, another guy guiding up there now. Awesome dude. We've talked about it. J.R. Wright. He, he's guiding Lake Oroville and I, I don't know if he's doing Shasta, maybe just Oroville, but hit J.R. Wright up. You can find him, um, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, great dude, wealth of knowledge. He's got. I don't even know, probably 50 years experience in the game and, and he's proven himself and he wants to just, uh, share his knowledge. He wants to get some youngsters out, get them hooked on fish and all the fun stuff. So a couple of great guides up in that area for you guys to choose from. Yes, sir. I think that's, uh, I think that is all for now. And all of you for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're so close to 100 uh, reviews on uh, iTunes. So if you got the time, big help. Um, help us get to 100 uh, views there. I don't know. I don't know if that's if there's anything magical going to happen at that triple digit number, but um, it'll look good anyway. It's so, going to stroke our ego. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll make us look more legit if we've got if we've got you know three figures. <clears throat> um, I think that's it. And leave us a good review. If you if you don't like what you're listening to, just ignore what we just said. I like the one one star review that we have. I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> we got like 89 I, reviews, and like we got one four or two fours, all fives, and then we've got this one. It's like I don't know who pissed in that dude's Cheerios, but <laughs> I uh, I got my first negative review on my Facebook business page the other day. Out of like I don't know, I've got like 50, 60, and. Uh, <clears throat> So it, it was some guy, quick story, funny story. Some dude apparently saw the bear video on the news or whatever, and then looked up, you know, oh, wow. the Ryan Cook fishing page. Ultimate, Looks up the Ryan the Cook fishing page. ultimate Karen. But he totally, but he screwed up. Oh, this Brad. is what's hilarious. So <laughs> stop it. So on, 
on Facebook, if you leave a review for somebody, you either say you recommend or do not recommend, correct? Yeah. Well, this guy clicked recommends Ryan Cook Fishing. So it didn't change my star rating. I've still got five stars all across the board, but then he left me a, a, a bad review. Stay away from this man. Be careful. He disturbs wildlife. Wow. Well, your job, I mean, I'll be honest. Let, let's be completely honest here. Your job is to technically disturb wildlife to an extent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to an we extent. want to jack as many jobs yeah, as possible. Yeah, exactly, right? But yeah. there was no, there was nothing untoward about the bear video. If you think so, take a flying leap. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So Diana goes and looks up this guy's profile, whatever, because she's like a little whiz when it comes to researching anything. And this guy's got like 80 reviews out there, all horrible of just local businesses and stuff. He's just a miserable human being. Man, that must suck. It would suck to be that miserable, wouldn't it? Yeah. Get a hobby, dog. Maybe he needs to rip some lips. Who knows? Yeah, he should book a trip. Come on. He should book a trip. Give it a chance. (laughs) We promise we won't we won't disturb any wildlife besides the sub surface aquatic wildlife i'm excited there's been some doves disturbed lately opening season was yesterday yeah i know i missed it i'm bummed that's one of my favorite things to do every year i look forward to it and it was it fell on a weekday this year and i had I so to, much I stuff to going love on. dove hunting Dude, i, I haven't done it in years but i've been hearing the reports from everybody have been kind of Seems like it's not been no, the best dove season, but was, some guys have been smashing them. Last year was 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 a great shoot. Opening day was a great shoot with me and one of my best friends growing up, and his dad. And I talked to him yesterday, and he said it was. He's like we we shot well, so we were able to kind of salvage a good day. But he said mm-hmm. the birds were definitely not flying like they were last year. I remember you talking about last year because you were impressed with yourself. You're like, I got my I, limit. I was on way less shells than I usually use. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean there was a lot of birds in the air though too, so that that always helps. But um, yeah, I'm excited so, to talk to Andy. Yeah, I just hit him up. He should be calling in here. He's got in some a some cool news to talk about. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the reasons we got him on. We we uh, as <clears throat> as often as we can, we try to get people on with. And there he is. There he is, Andy. What's going on? Hey, how are you guys doing? Good, good, here. man. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. We appreciate you coming on. I was just telling Ryan, um, you know, as often as we can, we try to get uh, people on when there's um, not breaking news, but when there's something that is uh, that's current that we can talk about that's kind of cool. And uh, oh yeah, for sure. It was, um, and I, and of course, we've heard your name around. Um, you know, you're you're pretty well known in the bass circles. You you fish the tournaments, and you have some you have pretty good success. I mean, you just uh, went head to head with Obi at that pretty cool. Heads up tournament, which I want to talk to you about. But uh, other than yeah, that, I, yeah, I, 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 Joey Skim um, added me to that chat that you guys had going on about the tournament you're starting up, which I, we'll talk about that as well. But uh, I think sure. I thought it was just kind of funny the way that that worked out. And I'm like, hey, we we had a we had a kind of a mix up with some other guests, and I'm like, well, let's just get Andy on and talk about tournament fishing. And here we are. And here we are. You made it happen last here minute. We are. Hey Andy, do you uh do you so, have your phone on uh on speaker? Yeah, I do. You only hold on. Is that better for you guys? It is, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I know it I know it sucks okay. having to hold it up. It's just uh No worries. Name of the game. But um okay. First before we start, 
can you settle us how you pronounce your last name? We have a bet. You know, I've heard it a million different ways. I'm never <laughs> offended anymore. I mean, I've heard it butchered. I've heard, I've heard people stutter saying it, but it's uh, Doudna. I'll take Venmo, Joel. Yeah, yeah, Ryan wins. I'll take Venmo. Because <laughs> I had heard it once. Because uh, you fished the Wild West at Clear Lake this year, the Pro-Am? I, no, I didn't. You didn't? Not okay. the Wild West. I, I want to re- say... The reason I knew it was Doudna is because when when Jen was live on their final day of the last new that Jen tournament, I remember her saying Andy Doudna, and she's the type... She knows him well enough. I know she's not going to make that mistake. So I'm like, it's got to be Doudna. Well, then, well, you yeah, it's it's Doudna. You had inside information. You sandbagged me. Hey, a a bet's a bet, dude. Sandbagger. (laughs) Anyway, so we got that out of the way. We want to make sure that we say that correctly. Sandbagger. I have, I have a a, a weird kind of weird last name too. So I, it, I get butchered my whole life. And like you said, it's Eddie. No, it's not. And you know, it, it used to, it used to affect me until I was like 30. And then after 30, I was just like, eh, whatever. Oh, man. I as saw- long as they pronounce Andy right. <laughs> That's all. I mean. And I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've actually, I've actually heard, um, I think it was Randy Pringle that actually stuttered saying my last name. Wow. I, I want to <laughs> say that I've heard somebody, it was during a weigh-in, somebody said it um, a different way. And so I, that's why I went with the way I right. said it. So. Yeah, I've, I've heard it every which way. So tell us so a little anyhow. bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Any uh, introduce yourself, where you're from, kind of where you fish, and, give and us how your, long you've been fishing. Yeah, your, like your bass story. Your too. bass story. All right, let's let's talk about that story. Um, so yeah, my name's Andy Doudna. Live in uh, Oakley, California. Been here a long time. Um, majority of my life, I actually did sport fishing. I was a stripper guy. I was a you know a sturgeon guy. Um, I hosted uh, the Adathon Derbies, you know, for the community and stuff like that. And then, uh, I don't know, just one day I saw a bass boat. And it was four years ago I saw a bass boat. And I said, you know what? That would kind of be fun. So um, I actually went down to Hook, Line, and Sinker. And I picked up just a baitcaster combo with a rod on it. And I said, you know, I'm just going to walk the bank and, and, and chuck a couple lures around and see what happens. Um, it's been a blur since then. But that was, uh, this is my fourth year of bass fishing. So, um, this is only your fourth year of bass fishing. I, this blows me away because he's not the, he's not the first one that's come on where I've been like, wow, you've only been doing this this long because I feel like there was something in the water. I feel like there's something in the water four or five years ago. I mean, because that's when I really got into it big. And right. a couple other people I've talked to was well, four to five years ago is when I really got heavy into it. And like yeah. I said, everything's been a blur since. Yeah. Yeah. Four, yeah. No, it's, it's been a blast. Fishing. Yeah. I think you're right, Joel. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying it, it's been a blast. I mean, uh, you know, I, I pretty much just walked away from sport fishing when I got the bug. And uh, I remember I got my boat. I bought a used Ranger. And I said, you know, I'm just going to try this out and see what happens. And, um, you know, it, it was all new to me. Tournaments were all new to me. So I heard there was a tournament in the Delta called Delta Dams. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to try it. And uh, fished a pro-am on the point on the very first one. So it was a blast. I mean, we had a good time. Uh, we got a check. What else could you ask for? That is, yeah. On, on your first tournament ever, you cashed a check? 
Yeah. Especially on yeah, the Delta. That'll give you some confidence right there. Especially on the Delta. Yeah, so yeah, so it's been good. I mean, I'll tell you what, this this Delta is a humbling place. Um, you know, just when you think you got everything figured out, uh, she shows you, nope, try again. <laughs> um, things change, you know. I mean, things change by the hour in this place. Um, but, you know, for the last, you know, couple of years, uh, just been trying to put in my time on the water and, and break it down and figure things out. I mean, when I first started fishing, I didn't even know what a Cinco was. Somebody said, did you try chatterbait? And I'm like, what is a chatterbait? <laughs> I had no idea about any of this. Um, you know, and I, I literally walked into Delta Dance when he had a store and said, you know, I got 300 bucks. Um, what should I buy for 300 bucks to, to catch fish? And um, that's kind of how everything went and just revolved from there and just grind, just constantly grinding. I, so uh, it's always yeah. it's always interesting when we get people on that we don't know a whole lot about. I always, I mean, sometimes it's a little nerve wracking because you don't know what you're going to get. But then it's always like such a pleasant surprise to hear stories like this because then we can, I mean, there's like a million tangents we can go off, you know, oh, yeah. to yeah, talk yeah, about stuff like that. I mean, like great. when you first come in, and we like our tangents. We do. We do. And it's like, so you're saying for, you just started, don't even know what a Senko is. What was it? Because I got to ask this question now because there's a lot, there's a lot of guys listening that are, you know, we've got guys that listen that, that are Apex guys and we've got people listening that just started, you know? So right. what are, how did you approach bass fishing? Obviously, time on the water, you said, and that's huge. Um, you did it the right way by going into a place and being like, you know, to dance, what do I need? How did you kind of start picking apart the Delta and getting confidence to the point where now you're, you know, on the main stage at a heads-up tournament against Obity, you know, in, in four right. years, which is crazy. Can you talk a little bit about your... Um, you know, I've never been a person of YouTube, you know, like, sitting there watching fishing videos um i'm not wanting to sit there and read about stuff on the internet it's 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 great it's a baseline but you know um it really it sets you up in a different direction versus just saying you know what i'm going to go fishing today and i'm going to see what happens and if it works out it works out if it doesn't it doesn't and tomorrow i'm going to try something different if it didn't work out um that was kind of my philosophy um the whole entire first year i mean the the first year, um, you know, I, I went out and bought this thing called a punch rod, you know, and I hated that thing. I mean, I was, I, I hated it. I, I, I tell you that up on Dutch Lou, there's one thrown up on the levee somewhere. Um, couldn't stand that thing. I hated that thing. And I chucked it as far as I could chuck it. And I never wanted to see that thing ever again. I mean, my thing back then was a spinnerbait and a crankbait. Um, you know, that's pretty much what I hung every day on and uh you know now you can't get the punch rod out of my hand I have, I have become i just I, i'm so in love with the punch rod i mean things took a while but one day it went ding and i understood it and then after that it was kind of like there's five punch rods on my deck there's no sinkos there's no crankbaits and there's no spinnerbaits they're all punch rods Wow. And I just realized, you know, um, just one day I was sitting, sitting down with, with Bobby and, um, you know, it was actually my birthday. We were at uh, sugar barge and he just finished singing me happy birthday. And we were talking about a couple of things and he just, you know, he, he made something very clear. Like 
you, you need to decide in the morning before you turn the key on, am I going fun fishing today or am I going tournament fishing today? And there's two different ways of looking at this. You're either going to set yourself up with a Cinco and you're just going to go out and get a bunch of 12 inches, 13 inches, or you're going to look for those five key bites all day long. And that's all you want is those five key bites. Um, it took a while to develop that. It took me like three and a half years to figure it out. Is there, but, uh, is there a, the, is there a, some kind of a patience mindset you need to get into uh, <laughs> a little bit of a, say to masochism or, or you know i'm gonna go all day and i'm gonna grind and grind and grind and and you know i i guess what i'm trying to get at is is that that mental getting there those three years that you get to that point is it more of like a mental i'm just gonna grind even if i'm not catching a lot of fish i know i'm doing the right thing to catch the right ones if that makes you know that's that's a complicated question i mean there's a lot of facets to that question um there's there's a time that you're going to go out and, you know, like a technique is going to work somewhere in the Delta. You just got to know where to apply it. There's places where you're going to want to punch and you know that that's the key area for punching and I'm going to run this tight on this punch line. And then there's days you're like, okay, we have a foot and a half time. These fish really don't care about anything today. I'm going to need to slow this way down. And then you're going to come back to that Cinco to get that limit that you need um i don't know it's there's a a lot of weave and wob there's no real logic to it i mean the fish change their mind every day um you know as bait comes through i feel like red as the bait leaves and other bait comes through it's a golden shiner i feel like gold um there's shad that just blew through i feel like shad so you know the biggest thing for me was observing all the details and then remembering those details. And let me tell you, when you're over 45, it's hard to remember all these details. <laughs> um, you're, you're constantly trying to put the puzzle together. And fishing is a puzzle. Um, you know, you, sometimes, you know, we've all heard this. I went out fishing yesterday. I killed him on the train bait. Today, I can't even get bit on it. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason you're not getting bit on it is because the bait pattern changed. So... Now you need to realize, okay, the shad's out of here. They're no longer here. They're three miles up the river. So you have two choices. Change your pattern or go find the shad. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, you'll be fruitful. Um, you know, sometimes guys, you know, you know, ride or die on a certain bait. Um, there's certain baits out there I just don't think you can fail on if you just stick to it. You might only get six bites all day, but they're going to be the six bites you need. You put five of those in the boat, you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. I was just one short in new gen against Obedi. One short. So, well, that was. Well, you had to stack and let's up. Let's piggyback yeah, off of that. Go ahead, Russ. So we haven't got to talk about that yet. Um, I mean, me and Joel, and I think a lot of people out there, we were all about that format. That style of tournament, I think, is awesome. And I, I, I imagine that's probably going to be a hit in the future. We've even talked about doing something similar like that in the mother load, but as a team tournament type of deal. Um, but can you just kind of talk about that tournament, how it went, um, the shorter hours on the water, what your strategy was, being that you only had to catch 
two versus five? I, I mean, what did you think of all that? Okay, well, first of all, I, you know, I got to tell you that I spent many hours with Dr. Phil after that. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was tough, man. Um, you know, the platform is amazing. I, I got to say is the most, it is my favorite. I, of all the tournaments I've ever fished, that was my favorite. Um, the platform, I just love. Um, you know, you're out there solo. You're just grinding out, doing your thing. Um, the window is tight. You're four hours, start to finish. You got to produce in four hours. The, the logic you use is totally different. The mindset you use is totally different. You got to be very careful that you don't spin out. Because a lot of guys are going to be like, it's two hours in. I've got five, you know, like four pounds in a live well. Right. This is not cutting it. Um, they're going to start spinning out. They're going to start making bad decisions. Um, the thing about that tournament is you, you really got to control yourself. You got to control how much you run, where you fish. Everything is thought out. So in, it, it just you're just thinking everything out, every little detail um, to make it work. You know, like Andy, real quick. Um, yeah. Just for the listeners out there that don't know what we're talking about, just give them a quick breakdown of of how that tournament was structured as far as the days and the time and that sure. kind of stuff. Sure. So New Gen put together a tournament and it was a whole new platform. It was called the Heads Up. And basically it was a you fish solo and they had brackets. So there was a left bracket and a right bracket and they would pair you kind of like you know like a, a, a you know like um uh nhra so they have all these cars on the left and all these cars on the right and they pick these two guys to race against each other and then one advances and one goes home and then there's another bracket and there's another guy that advances and one goes home so it's bracket and basically what they do is they eliminate one person every four hours one advances one goes home um until you reach the final two, which I was lucky enough to make. You were good enough to make. I was, you know, I'll tell you what, I've got, I've got a tattoo hurt. on my arm. Yeah. You know, I got this really special tattoo on my arm. It says I'd rather be lucky than good. It's easy. Um, I'll way. take it that day. Yeah. yeah. But you know that there was amazing fishermen that showed up for that. I mean, some sticks and, uh, you know, it was really humbling to be amongst them because, uh, you know, these guys have so much time on the water and they have so much experience and I'm just kind of like the Guggen. Um, you know, I'm the new guy, I'm the greenhorn. And, uh, I just figured I, I'd put my head down, pull down my cap tight, grab the reel and go hunting. And that's, that was my philosophy. The whole entire time was going hunting. I wasn't fishing. I was hunting. I love, that. um, I, I didn't just go out there just aimlessly. Everything was precision. Um, it got me really close, you know, and, and I remember I was talking to my wife, uh, Saturday night and she goes, well, you know, nobody's on a ringer. And I said, I know, I know. She goes, what are you going to do? I said, I need two sixes. Yeah. I already know what I need to do. I need two sixes tomorrow morning. And, uh, she goes, how hard is that going to be? I started laughing. <laughs> I said, I said, well, let me, let me paint a picture. You know, the average fisherman's like, Hey man, you know, I, I caught a six the other day well how long has it been since you caught a six oh it's right. been a couple weeks well I had this, is, two of this those. is summertime this is not springtime this is a big difference you know oh big difference so you know it was it was um you know the work was cut out i knew what i had to do and i just 
tried to execute. Um, you know, fish clean that day. There was no, you know, mess ups. It just, I found one six. I just couldn't find the other one. And right. four hours goes by so fast. Well, that's so four fast. hours, but that's, that's not four hours of fishing time. Okay. That's right. No, like you that's gotta... four hours. Right. Click so, to click. It's four I mean, hours. On, on, on average per period and everybody's running different areas, but you, a lot of guys probably only had two, you know, two to three hours of fishing time. True. True. By the time, I mean, you know, by the, the clock started when we left the dock at Russo's, you still had to put all the way out and then you had to make yeah. your run and then you, you, you had to do your day and then you had to come back. And, um, I mean, trust me, my Mercury pro XS was running 6,300 RPMs all day. <laughs> she was running for every RPM she had. Yes. So, you know, every minute, because I literally made a call on day two with a minute left to go. I had a minute left. I, I had enough time to just dump the trolling motor, throw the rods down. If they flew out of the boat, I didn't care. I had more. I got to go. Man. I, I, I you know, so, I, I remember watching and, and following it. But I guess I didn't put together how short the, that time frame was to put, yeah, to put you know, the bag together. You think about it. You're like, hey, I'm going to go work this area, this little bay for a little bit. Next thing you're like, wow, it's been an hour and a half. Controlling that time was so critical. Staying on top of that time was so critical. You know, I went to my Lawrence and I made, I, I usually have like these really small letters, you know, and numbers on my graph that tell me the time. Oh, no, I, I put them on humongous. Uh, I changed them to humongous. I didn't want to see a fish. I didn't want to see the bottom. I just want to see the time on my graph. That's all I wanted to see. Yeah. And literally just grind. Um, but I'm telling you, that platform, if people don't know, if people were skeptical, they missed out. It was amazing. And do you fish a lot of the other uh, new gen, just the standard format, team tournaments, things like that? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, fish the pro amps and the the teams. And do you fish any Wild West? Um, actually, I'm getting ready for the Delta. Okay, pro-am here. You're gonna in throw your hat in for so, the oh, right yeah. on, right on. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Right? Why not? Exactly. Go have some fun. Go have some fun. It's funny that that heads up. You, that was right in the middle of, uh, or right at the beginning, or right in the middle of of Obi's string of dominance he had this summer. Or he just kept winning. Oh yeah, no, it was, it was, it was. You know, I mean, anything can happen on the Delta, and that's a beautiful thing about this place. Any cast can be an eight. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and you, as long as you keep thinking like it's possible, um, you know, it gives you like the momentum to keep going, and make another cast. It could be an eight, could be a six, could be a five. I mean, that's a beautiful thing about the Delta. Um, you know, I mean, some guys make a cast and it's a ten. And game over. Yep. So, um, you know, just you know, the biggest thing about you know heads up was just controlling everything. You had to control time, how much time you spent, where you went, and it couldn't let your mind go crazy on you. Yeah. So, and like you were saying, it's like you're you're the you're the greenhorn, having only done this for four years, and you're going up against guys that have been fishing that that water for twenty years. Some of them, right? So, right, um, right. How, how do you, and, and that can be really daunting. I think again, going back to the mental aspect of this, which 
I like to talk about the mental aspect of fishing because I think it's it's important. Um, right. So how how do you? And you said you just put your head down. You know, you can't think about that. You can't think, oh my gosh, these guys have so much, and kind of get down on yourself. You, it seems to me like you're, you're really good at just staying optimistic and doing what you know is 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 going to work, and it's put you in a in a position to to excel against some, like you said, some sticks out there. Yeah, no, it's um, you know, I've been, I've been fishing competition, you know, in sport fishing for a long time. Won so many derbies out there, and you know, you just get used to it. I mean, uh, you, you learn how to practice. Um, controlling those thoughts, you know, not running away with thought and, uh, and controlling everything. It uh, allows you to focus. Once you start, you know, losing it, your focus is scrambled. It's gone. Yeah. And then you might as well just, you know, turn the key and go in. You're done. What are some of so the, and, and you brought this up, don't mean to interrupt you. You, you brought up, you know, North. guys start to, you know, the time crunch starts to happen. I've been there in, in tournaments where it's like, oh, no. And then you say, guys make bad decisions. What are some of the bad decisions that can happen when you're, like you said, you're getting spun out, you can't figure it out, and then you start making those bad decisions? What are some ways to kind of – what are some of those those things that, that – what are some of those standard ways that guys make mistakes in those situations, and what are some of the ways to kind of combat that and stay on stay on – I guess on task. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest mistake, and I think we all made it. And once we, once I say this, we're all going to be like, Oh yeah, we forget water. Mm. We forget a spot. We forget a bay. We forget a Thule point. We forget something. And then after the tournament, we're like, Oh man, I never, never went there. I never did it. Um, sometimes we just been out and we'll, forget key areas that we found in prefish that we totally forgot to execute on game day. Hmm. That's the one I think that, that everybody does the most. Um, I do it, you know, I mean, I've gotten to the point to where, um, I'm working with Lawrence right now. I'm one of their techs and I'm like, guys, we need a new platform. I need a new screen. I want to be able to turn on certain icons, turn off certain icons. I don't want a cluster of icons or no icons. I want to be able to, uh, create icons on my screen that will remind me that day this is all I want to see. If you have a hundred icons on your screen, it's a blur. Yeah. But we're getting to the point where it's we're building that that palette's going to happen here soon. And I'm going to say, okay, I'm fishing tomorrow. These are my times. This is where I was at. These are the last five icons I dropped on my screen. That's all I want to see. Now I have a constant reminder. Um, other things I do, I lay out my day. I mean, based on the tide uh, and, and, you know, the rotation of the sun, I plan my day out. I have a Navionics app running, and I make sure that I follow that to a T. Every okay. icon on that screen has a time, time to go. Wow, we've never, we've heard a, a lot a lot of different approaches to how guys run the delta and the tides, and a lot of it's, I think a lot of it's just guys that with experience and they kind of know where they need to be at different times, but I've never, right. and myself, I've thought about this where it's like, I, you, I would almost have to write something down or have like an itinerary almost, you don't want to get too stuck right. into it. Right. You want to fish the, you want to fish the current conditions, but I really like that. And that's something we've never heard of is, is guys actually planning their day right. out based on, based on their waypoints and based on what the tide's doing. 
Right. You know, and everything is reflective. So, you know, you come into an area and, and I always overlap the tide when I'm fishing. So you don't know if the fish are, you know, going to eat on the beginning of the income, the end of the outgo or whatever. So you have to overlap those. So a lot of times my trails will actually have a forward motion and backward motion because I'm catching both sides of the tides in those areas. Okay. And that makes sense. That plays true in, in, you know, lakes as well because they don't have tide, but they have rotation of sun. Uh huh. Wow. And you bring in, bring in the heat. I mean, some really, really cool stuff that we've never, <laughs> that we've never heard of, that, that we've never heard anybody really talk about. And yeah, that's why this you know, is I, so much I, fun, I had, man. I mean, we, we, we love having guys on. We never want to take too much of their juice. We don't want them to give up too much. Right. Um, this is simple stuff. Yeah. And, and, and this You're is the kind of stuff. You're not getting the juice. Yeah. This is some of the stuff that's just like great for guys to think about. No, not everyone's going to do it exactly right. like that, but it's just right. cool to kind of think, yeah. to, to see how guys like you just kind of break it down and, and, and your approach to the fishing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm you know, I remember. Impressed. I'm still impressed that you have only been, been bass fishing four years. This is amazing to me. It is. It is. It's really impressive. Well, thank you. Thank you. I you're, mean, you're uh, giving me hope. You're giving me hope over here, Andy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just one of those things, man. I mean, if you love what you do and you have a true passion for what you do, um, don't let anything stop you. Just grind. grind. Just grind, you know? Um, you know, like I told you, one arm says, you know, I'd rather be lucky than, than good. My other arm is getting ready to get done and stay, stay hungry, stay humble. Um, God, these are things oh, you just got to practice every day. Andy, you just gave me goosebumps, bud. Yeah, man. That's the, <laughs> this is the stuff we love talking about, man. This okay. is like the right attitude. Right. And I, and I, Okay, don't I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. I'm not at all trying to pat myself on the back, but Oh, here he goes. This is this is no, this is why it gave me goosebumps what he just said. This is amazing. I just made a Facebook post because I had a I had a 6-year memory or or a 1-year memory of a post I just made. Very long story short, <clears throat> I just made a post a year ago and I reposted it today and it was it was a picture of me fishing in a river from six years ago. And at the time I had, I had been on, on drugs for several years. I got cleaned up and I went out on a four hour pass from a sober living home to get to go fishing. And I, I, I made a post today reposting that one year post. And I said, seven years and counting. I said, never give up, stay humble and know that nothing worth having comes easy. Keep grinding. Right. Exactly. So when you Pretty said, cool. I, I, I just had to share that. I'm sorry. It's not about no, me. That's but. great. No, that's great. That's great. I mean, it's a, it's a philosophy that should stick everywhere. I mean, that's my opinion. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. If you practice it, it will happen. So, you know, have I had bad days? Oh yeah, I've had bad days. There's days I've been like, I'm stopping by 7-Eleven and grabbing myself a cold beer, and I'm going to Ace Hardware and grab myself a for sale sign because this boat's going <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> time to stop. You know, by, I mean, time we've to stop all by had that. Goodwill and drop off all my tackle. <laughs> yeah, right. Now I'd find the local high, high school and be like, "You got a fishing program? Yeah, got boxes. There you go. <laughs> I got I got a lot of stuff. I need a bunch of boxes. Oh, but yeah. yeah, no, it's I don't know. It's just if you love what you do, 
um, and you're passionate about it, it, uh, I, I think that's always been my key. You know, I mean, you know, when I was, uh, fishing derbies all the time, you know, Rio Vista won that multiple times, you know, the shark events and all these other sturgeon derbies and everything else. Like my passion was so deep that I didn't care to sleep. I would fish continuously. And some of these derbies would go on for days. And, you know, I'd come home. Wife's like, did you sleep? I said, yeah, about three hours. But it's been three days. I know, but I won. That's all that matters. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's all that matters. Dude, that's hard. You know, and it's just a constant grind. I mean, there's a, you know, a whole flat of, you know, Red Bull downstairs, you know, that's that's cold, ready to go and keep me going. But, um, you know, it just everybody's got to find their little niche that, that makes them grind. How many? And you just got to stay on it. How many days a week average, or I guess how many days a year are you out on the water fishing? Thirty days. A year? No, I heard the silence. <laughs> I heard the silence. I'm kidding. I was, I'm kidding. Kidding. I, I was gonna. Oh. I was gonna say, wow. So he's so he's natural. really good. <laughs> <laughs> I threw that in there just to get some silence. I like um, that. No, fish, you fish thirty tournaments. See, year. see, any. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. No, that's I. I just love that was it, man. Awesome. I love how you're giving it back. So these are the kind of guys we like having on for sure. Yeah. Right. We're having fun. Um, you know, honestly, the first year, second year, I was on the water three days, four days a week. Um, I pushed myself. I didn't care if it was 108 degrees out. I would soak myself down with water and keep fishing. Um, I didn't care if it was 20 degrees out. I throw some heater packs and, you know, my gloves and keep fishing. Um, the first two years I really fished hard. And then, uh, you know, like last year was okay. This year I really haven't had a lot of time to fish. Uh, business has been so crazy. Everybody's been so busy. It's, it's hard to get time on the water. I mean, on average, I probably get, I'd say maybe seven, eight days a um probably a month on the water mm-hmm. okay which that's still yeah, i you mean know, and you're a decent you're, amount of time you're in oakley so i mean it's not a you're it's you're a hop skip and a jump and you're you're fishing you know 15 minutes to russo's and about five to seven minutes to big break so yeah yeah lucky yeah i know lucky yeah yeah so it's um it, it gives me that opportunity it's a blessing so um you know i just go out and Enjoy it. Well, so I know that this is called the Bass Report. Joel named the podcast, and it's an awesome name. But and Joel knows I I love I love talking to me some striper fishing. Um, okay, I grew up striper fishing the Delta with my dad. Now we used to troll, and then as I got into my later teens and had my own boat, we'd go throw a lot of top water, you know, and go 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 mm-hmm. chase go chase them. Um, right. What kind of experience do you have striper fishing on the Delta? I mean, that was a big thing for you. Like, was this, you know, trophy hunting with big live bait, you throwing split tails, or or are you going out throwing top water, all, all that kind of fun stuff on the Delta form? I, I'm all just curious because I love above. stripers. Right. So it was all of the above. I mean, you know, I was one of those guys. I, I really advocated conservation in the Delta for the striper community. Um if the water temp was too high, I wouldn't striper fish. I just knew that a bigger fish would pass. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't striper fish. Um, 
if I knew there was a derby coming up, I never pre-fished. I would uh, wait till the size came out. I would have a multitude of different kinds of tech techniques and baits ready to go. Once they told me what the size was, then I would pick. I'd be like, okay, so we're looking for, you know, a, a 27 pound striper. Okay. So my live bait's coming out. Um, we need this size striper. Okay. The shad's coming out or, you know, I, I would tweak my process around whatever size they asked. Um, you know, when you're, when you're doing target fishing, it's, you know, it, it's really technical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember I used to fish, you guys ever hear of the Pogo Derby? I, I mm. haven't actually. No. Yeah. So it's a derby that's uh, out at Antioch and it's nine days long. Um, probably Jeez. one of the most insane striper derbies you'll ever fish. It starts, it starts on a Friday afternoon and then it, it finishes the following week. And they typically called out a fish, you know, like their target length would be 39 and a half inches. Um, way we get to work. Um, you know, the first night I'd put one down that was, you know, 39 and seven sixteenths, you know, it was really close. Um, I knew that wasn't close enough. So, uh, weigh them in and then wait two days and I, I would get bumped, you know, one that was slightly bigger and then go back out and find an exact 39 and a half incher and then, uh, you know, put them on the board, qualifies, take the lead, win the derby. Um, there's been times where we've had derbies where, uh, there was a gentleman named Jim Dawson and, uh, probably one of the best striper fishermen ever in the Delta. I mean, when it comes to big stripers, this guy, you know, he knows his art. And, uh, you know, I remember one, one year him and I went head to head and it was insane. Uh, it was proclaimed better than any Super Bowl ever because <laughs> we were literally knocking each other out an eighth of an inch at a time. And, uh, wow. you know, it, there was a day that, you know, his boat broke down and mine broke down and we were just as frantic as possible to get our boats fixed. And we were wrenching all night to get them fixed and then head out in the morning and then end up meeting somewhere on the Delta. And, you know, and, and, you know, I would have just like staring a, each other down. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, just having a blast, but it would get so insane that, you know, we were, we were catching fish on target. We had three fish that were exactly 39 and a half inches, but we were breaking by ounces. Wow. Now, you know, the average angler, you know, what percentage of a- average anglers out there actually catch a 39 and a half inch, you know, um, this was going on like nonstop all week. Well, we would just, just push. to give people some reference. So a 20 pound striper is a pretty big striper. A 39 and a half inch or your average 39 and a half inch or what's that going to weigh, Andy? Probably 20, 26, 27. Because, yeah, I, I, we've caught several back in the day. I've, I've never, believe it or not, I've never caught one over 30. I've caught quite a few over 20. But a 30, right. but a 36 usually is right around 20, 21 pounds, give or take. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Depends on if that's it's a big summer or fall. Or, yeah. 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 And you're you catching know, multiple we, bumping each other out. So just, yeah. just to give yeah, people out yeah. that don't understand stripers a reference, these are big stripers. I mean, this is like going into a bass tournament and somebody's catching an eight and a half. Well, then you got, you know, well, I, I'm going to catch an eight and a quarter and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to catch an eight and three quarters. And it's like, 
these are big stripers. Right. Like, this is not just your average middle of the run schoolie striper. Right, right. Yeah, these aren't these aren't schoolies. I mean, these are uh, you know, Rio Vista used to put on a lot of schoolie size fish. You know, they would they range between twenty six inches and thirty thirty three inches, and um, you know, then things got a little bit tighter because it was a smaller caliber fish. You know, talking a twelve pound fish. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's been good. I mean, I remember fishing one, one derby for Rio Vista and I got severely sick and, uh, I fished it anyhow. I had strep throat. Of course he did. I was dying. Of course he did. Oh no, it, it got worse than that. I mean, um, you know, I had a friend with me and he ended up leaving his, uh, brine shad in my cooler and it broke all over my fried chicken and, I ingested all this brine and you can imagine how sick I got. This was bad. I mean, it was bad, but continued to fish still won the Derby. Um, but I remember that that night was really special because, um, I had marked these fish and like, I'll drive the Delta for hours until I find the right set of fish and then I'll plan on them, but I just don't fish anywhere. Um, you know, there's times I've, I've spent five hours on the wheel and never made a cast until I find the right fish. And then, I set up knowing how they're going to move through the, the, the system and then, you know, be ready for them. Um, but I remember one night we, I don't even know. I, I, I had one that was close, but I knew I could call it. I kept fishing and then I got into a bunch of big fish and, and it was so, I mean, it was, it was amazing, but it was frustrating. I mean, I had a 40, a 43, a 47, three fish in a row. Inches? And those are pounds. Those are pounds. Yeah, pounds. You. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Three. And in you're a, just you're three just, in a row yeah. over forty. Most guys have never. Right. Very few people have ever caught a forty pound striper. That's insane. Oh, uh, Dawson did it all the time. Well, uh, but Jim I'm Dawson saying your average striper. One of those guys. I'm talking yeah. about. We're talking about us mere mortals over here, Andy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's it, it. You know, we call it the ghost for a reason. I mean, you know, they're elusive. Um, most of these fish will particularly feed at night. They don't really feed during the day. They don't like the pressure. How? So they wait till things get really calm and quiet. So, but during all that time when you're fishing sturgeon and you're fishing striper, you've got a mm-hmm. really good handle on the way the Delta works, how the system moves, your tides, all that stuff. And even watching a species like striper move through the system, how, how did you, mm-hmm. how did you use all of that knowledge how has some of that translated over to the green ones? I, I love that question. Well, okay, so, so do I. I love it too. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna get, we're gonna go deep here. Oh, we're going deep. Get the snorkels that's out. What, stripers and stripers and sturgeon. Okay, um, they have a very unique pattern um, that you can typically just look at a calendar and say this day we're fishing at this time and here, here, and here. And a lot of it has to do with not just tide. Everybody sees a tide. They see a, a, a flow. They see an in and out. They see a height and everything else. But what they don't know about is what's called a coefficient. Coefficient is how the bottom's disturbed. Well, when the bottom's disturbed, certain fish feed differently during that pattern and that time, that, that zone. So if you had a high coefficient, a sturgeon's going to be really insanely on top of things. Um, if you have a too high of a coefficient, then the stripers are going to back off. They want a certain coefficient with a certain kind of tide pattern. How does the, um, and then you can pretty much. I'm sorry. How, how does the coefficient 
um, relate to bottom disturbance? Is it the is it the speed at which the tide is moving? Okay, so have you ever been fishing, and you know, like you're out there fishing in the Delta Pittsburgh area or whatever, and and you're fishing, and you're like, wow, the boat's pointing that way, but my line's going underneath the boat. Have you ever had that? I've had all kinds of things like that on the Delta that make me shake my head and say, what am I doing out here? Because I don't understand any okay. of this shit. <laughs> so this has a lot to do with the drive, right? This has a lot to do with the drive of the coefficient. So the coefficient on the bottom is the dinner bell. Tide is not really the dinner bell. It's the coefficient. That's the dinner bell. That tells them, hey, man, um, we need to chow today. Or, you know what? I just don't really feel like eating today. I think I'm just going to chill. And I'm going to cruise. And you'll see a lot of those fish suspend on a low coefficient because they don't want it. You'll see them in the mid columns and they're suspended. Coefficients are relative throughout the whole entire tidal system. Now, with green fish, um, green fish, as far as we, you know, I mean, we create a movement of the fish through tide. So they move up, they move down, they pull up, they pull back. This is what they do every day, every day every day so when that happens we're moving bait we're moving fish so this is an active zone so that's why you always hear guys like say wow you know i got them really good on the last hour of income or i got them really good on the first hour of you know outgo um is because of fish sense that and they're moving when they're moving they're feeding okay when the tide's in the mid stage they camp so they really don't have an interest. I mean, because another problem is like with bigger stripers, um, when the coefficient is too high, they have to battle too much. When the tides are too big, they have to swim too hard. Two things will happen. They'll stay in one area and they won't really move because they are fighting too much of the tide. And two, they, they're burning way too much energy yeah. for the amount of food that they can consume. So they know I need to relax. And when they feel that tide come down off of them, they're like, okay, now I can move around freely. I can go. I can feed. I'm agile. Black bass are different. It, I mean, there's, they really totally, their feeding patterns are totally different from a striper versus a sturgeon. So even though it's tidal, it's not tidal. So let me ask you this. <clears throat> when you are bass fishing and you are in one of those the middle of the tide when they are not they are not actively feeding just like you explained i'm not there i'm not there so you won't even fish it so you are a tide chaser no. yes okay if you're sitting in the middle of the tide you're wasting time there you go you need to be running one way or the other either catching the end or catching the beginning and that's another thing Don't too is, sit. yeah and it's the time on the water is 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 invaluable when it comes to the Delta because I think a huge part of it and what anyway for me not understanding it as well as most people is knowing where this where the water's coming from because it gets back you get back there and it's like a maze right I mean we've got our we've got our Navionics we kind of know where we are but where that water's Mm -hmm. actually coming where the front of that tide movement Mm -hmm. and change is actually going on because you can see oh the tide's going to be high at this time but that tide, there's a front end to it. It's just a wave, right? There's a front end. There's you, there's mm-hmm. an edge there that you can be following. Right. 
but it's it's knowing right. i think that's one of the biggest things for me is if i understood that better i think i would be set up more for success on the delta i don't understand it well enough yet where that front edge right. actually is where that tide is actually moving through and at what time it's actually going to be there and that's time on the water you know we got this beautiful right when you have this beautiful indicator called graph there you go the graph will tell you everything you need to know i mean there's times i think it should be running and I look, and the grass is just barely hanging the wrong way. Oh, I'm out of here. It's not ready yet. Hmm. I got to go. I'll come back. I know I need to be here in 30 minutes. And so you go not back. Now, you'll go. You'll go. If so, if it's an incoming, you go back out towards where the the edge actually is, and try to fish it then, and then work um, your way back up to that spot. Yeah. If it's, yeah. If I'm looking for transition, I'm heading west. Yeah. I might just you know do a U-turn there and come back. To follow it in. Just follow it in, yeah. And see, this is this mm-hmm. is the thing that, that is so difficult, I think, for a lot of guys, including myself, to wrap their heads around, is you is finding that and understanding what that looks like. You know, and the grass is a huge one, right? If you see something, if you see a right. ton of movement, that thing's either already past you, or it, if you're lucky, it just got started, but yeah. Right. Well, you know, and, and there's and, a reason. You know, tighter. Go ahead. I'm sorry, buddy. No, go ahead. But there's a reason that guys like you and Obadi Williams and Joey Skim and Nick Cloutier and whatever the the list goes on of all the Delta sticks. There's a reason you guys are constantly catching big bags of fish and big fish. And no offense to you, Joel, but guys like me and Joel go up to the Delta. When when you guys are posting all these awesome pictures mm-hmm. and we go up there and we're like scratching our heads at the end of the day going i hate this place like they can drain it it doesn't matter to me right right. But it's not because we don't know how to throw a chatterbait or how to punch or how to fish a cinco it's we're not doing it in the right area at the right time we're not we being a, we're not being exactly. efficient on the water we're not being right. efficient we're not being effective right right you know it's and that's that's the key to it that's the whole key to it is understanding that pattern and you got to know, like, okay, are these, is the bait moving at the beginning of the tide or the bottom of the tide? When is it? Because when that bait moves, that's when those fishy, you, how many times you've been to a spot and you're like, nothing has happened. I came back two or three times. It's never happened. I didn't get bit. And then you go there at the bottom of the tide and you're like, oh man, this is goop. And the next thing you know, you're catching fish. Well, you did two things. You extracted the fish, you extracted the bait and everybody's moving and grooving and they all want to chow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a party. God, I love that. It's a Delta mm-hmm. party. Joel, Joel, he's good. He's real good. He's good. <laughs> I th- this was my call. Remember, I'm, remember, the, I, I'm the Guggen. This is this is this was my no, call. No, you are not. I sir. take credit for this one. Yes, th- this was all Joel. Um, and yeah, we, we can't thank you answer. enough, Andy. This has been this has been fantastic, man. Um, oh yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Before we we pick your brain completely clean, though, um, let's talk about. Uh, I have a couple questions left. Um, we 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 definitely yeah. need to get a, a a a bass report from you from the Delta about current conditions. We'll wait. We'll save that for the end. I want to talk to you about uh, the Saturday tournament, which is kind of when I talked about when you first came on. Talk sure. about this this tournament that uh, that you've set up um, so kindly here on the kind of the off shoulder season. Um, give us the right. rundown and how guys can can learn more and get out there and and try their luck against you, Guggen. Right. Okay. So, you know, Joey and I kind of realized that we were getting fat and we re- 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 decided that we just need some activities. And, and uh, we decided that, 
maybe putting together something for the community uh, would be fun. And uh, the community needed something. Um, you know, we weren't sure if the hook, line, and sinker was going to happen this year. Yep. Um, you know, I just heard that it is happening. So that's good for the community. Um, but we wanted to put something together for guys to come out on a Saturday evening and just have some fun and catch some fish and, and, uh, you know, fellowship. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of why we decided. In fact, I was at fishing game today, just pounding them about the permits. So, um, it's going to start, um, on the 10th. We're going to be out of Russo's. Um, it's going to be $50 a boat. Um, we have a flyer that's going out here really soon that we're going to broadcast everywhere. And, um, we're just looking forward to a bunch of guys getting together, having a lot of fun and catching some fish, ripping some lips. How awesome is so, that? It's awesome, man. I mean, yeah. And yeah. I, I talked to Ryan, and I, and I mentioned this to you too, Andy. It's is the Wednesday nighters. I've had a couple invites. Living an hour away um, is a little. I know bit, it's so hard. It's a little bit rough, and and people, even people that have work till five, you're not going to get out there at three, you know. So, um, right. Even if you live right, right there, so I, I think it's right. a great idea. I'm certainly. Um, I, I'm just going to come out because, like you said, a fellowship. Go out there, see guys, yeah. uh, try my luck. Uh, basically, donate to the pot. Uh, get my teeth kicked in. Maybe I'll get lucky. Who knows? Right. But um, yeah, but I, you know, think, I mean, I think it'll think be about f- this. Think about this. We all have this dormant season. And when we come out of dormancy, because there's no tournaments, we're not sharp. We haven't been working out on the rod. We're kind of behind ourselves at that point. Um, you know, our skills are not as sharp as they used to be because we haven't been doing anything. We haven't been practicing. Um, you know, fun fishing is not the same. You know, you go out fun fishing, you're like, eh, who cares? Whatever. If I catch something, I catch something. If I don't, oh, one popped off. Okay. But when you're in a tournament situation, it pushes everybody to be their best. Yeah. And we have to train ourselves throughout winter to stay the best we can. Um I think it's just great because, you know, otherwise we all, you know, start off the season out coming out of dormancy like a bear and the first one pounder we catch, we go Mike Iaconelli freaking out. It's a five pounder. <laughs> I do that every day. Okay. I know. Oh, it's a big, so, it's a big, know, it's a big, I know. Get that nag. It's a big <laughs> it's one. A big and then you're like, Oh wow. The grass weighs more than the fish. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, um, I just thought it would be great for the community just to have something to anchor on something for them to come out and enjoy. I know there's so many guys that would love to do a Wednesday nighter, but we all have lives. We have bills to pay. We have work. Right. So this gives them an opportunity on a Saturday afternoon to come out. They could do their thing in the morning, whatever they got to do. And then they come out. It's no stress. Um, Come out fishing. We start at three o'clock and then it ends at eight o'clock. And then you don't have to worry about work the next day. Here's another problem with the Wednesday nighter. I got to go to work the next day. Right. I got an hour and a half drive home. Yeah. I still got to unpack the boat. I still got to clean. I still got to get everything. You're in bed, you know, at one o'clock in the morning. And you're like, oh my God, I got to get up a couple hours to go to work. You don't have to worry about that. It's Sunday. And you're pissed because you just had a shitty tournament. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll well, also say uh, that Saturday morning, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, I've got two boys that are sports age and I've got basketball. I've got soccer. But both of those happen, and they they're ended by around one. So for me, yeah, it, right? I'm I'm That's good. Awesome. I'm golden. I'm golden, Pony yeah, Boy. Everybody Sign gets an me opportunity. Up. 
I'll probably yeah. come up and yeah. fish a couple of those. And come I, on, I mean, Ryan, you need to you need to get. We need to. Oh, you know what? That'll be a great opportunity for you. Uh, maybe we can finagle our way onto Joey and Nick's boat and do our and do our own. Oh, our heads we, we got to do that. That's right. We got to get out there anyway, right? <clears throat> Joey and Nick. Yep, it's on. It's going to be you and Nick. Versus me and Joey, is that what we said? I think that was what. It, we'll, we'll see if if Nick will have me back on his boat after. Clearly. I just want to fish with whatever one of them's on on him better at the time. To be honest with you. Okay, okay, you guys, real quick, Joey, <laughs> don't quick. hate me, but Joey, don't hate me, but I got a hundred dollars on Nick. <laughs> oh, don't do him that way. Is that because don't Joel's do Joey that way? Him? Wow. <laughs> That's it. Um, I don't think you have ever seen me net a bass there, Andy, because I, I am. Oh, uh, he's really good. I was ranked net. three years in a row number two net man in the Western Hemisphere. Wow. Yeah, so, I okay. Believe it. I believe it. Yeah. He does right. it on the day. So you can literally net him before I even catch him. Well, I think it's just right. the confidence that he inspires in, in his net job helps the angler catch more fish because they know that is, if they can get it on the line, Ryan Cook is going to seal that deal. You haven't seen a six okay. foot, two hundred and forty five pound fellow move as quick <laughs> as as I do with it, that net in my hand. Like you oh. get that boat near the boat, right. oh dude, I'm like, I'm like the Tiger Woods of of, of netting bass. I uh, he, he so you guys don't you guys don't boat flip everything. <laughs> um, most of my clients don't understand a boat flip. They just reel the bait up, the fish up to their rod tip. But, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah, all the way to the rod tip. Yeah, yeah. hook is hook is right. in the yeah. eye. Hook is in the It's eye. very common on my boat from as soon as I net the fish. Okay, go ahead and let some line out now. <laughs> like right. we're right there. <laughs> right, right. Well, awesome. No, yeah, that's anything um, else you guys? That's uh you know that that was the big one. And uh so give us a quick rundown on the Delta. And I did want to ask one question. It's something we've it's kind of been sure. something that we've seen the last few people that we've had on that are big time, you know, punch guys that really love to punch. Um what what is your preferred rod weight do you like a really stiff like broomstick rod is that like the old school punching style or do you go with something a little bit lighter because everybody's different yeah, everybody's different and there's guys that say they like to go right. lighter and there's guys that say no give me the stiffest thing i want to i want to jerk that thing out i want to get it out right so there's two different blanks on my my deck um, I use nothing but Phoenix M1s. Mm-hmm. I run the eight footers. I use the medium heavy and the heavy. Um, one's a 10 to 10 to 25 pound blank and the other one's a 15 to 35. Um, you know, here's the thing. There, you got to have a, a stick if you're going to pull fish out of the back of the mat. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to have some leverage. And sometimes when you have too soft of a blank, it's uh, it's gonna hurt you. You just can't get them over, you know, the primrose or the highest, and they're pulled through it or out of it or on top of it, and then you risk losing the fish. Um, the, I punching mats. It's always a heavy stick, you know. I'm always on the the fifteen thirty five M one by Phoenix. If uh, I'm fishing grass, um, I'm gonna step down to a ten twenty five, and that way I have a little bit more load in the blank. Um, that way the fish wants to scatter because they're close. Um, you've got, you've got a lot of transition time in that rod. You know, it's like a, a big shock absorber. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you're uh, talking about punching grass, so on, just, just to kind of clarify for the listeners out there to give them a, um, a visual here, when you're talking the heavier rod, the 
a 15 to 35, this is when you're punching right. um, vegetation that is on top of the water, correct? Like you're punching right. through a We're, mat. Like the primrose. And, right, a mat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Nice and-, and when you're talking the 10 to 25, this is when you're just punching slash flipping. Like um, Aloidia. Aloidia that's under the surface of the water, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to have a lot of muscle to, um, hold the amount of grass, but you do on the mat. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I've watched, I've watched my co drag eights over the top of a mat with a 10, with a, you know, 1535. Yeah. Right. And since we're on well, the, I, uh, the Phoenix deal, Ryan, Ryan and myself, we, uh, we fish, um, but what's the exclusively Phoenix. exclusively Phoenix? There you go. That's why I said, Good. um, but, uh, but I, I'm curious, what's your favorite, uh, M one for throwing a spinnerbait on the Delta. Hey, Joel loves this. Um, I love that. Right. Right. Um, you know what? I'm going to have to say it's the, the eight foot ten twenty five again. Mm, okay. There you go. I want some, I want some leverage. I want to be able to cast, um, you know, I throw a lot of, you know, half ounce, three quarter ounce spinner baits. So, and does that um, help you also you know, rip that you, thing out and, and rip it through the grass a little bit better without it getting hung up? And, and that, exactly. Yeah. You can rip it through the grass when you need to pop it, it responds. Um, and doesn't get, so, fouled up you know, as that's much, a right? great choice. Right. Also yeah. the, the feather, you know, the seven, seven feather in extra heavy is a great choice as well for that spinner bait. Um, Andy, what know, spinner bait do you throw? About eight different ones. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. It's not a brand specific type thing. No, no. They all have their little thing. You know, like I, I've got spinnerbait works really great up in certain areas, and they won't catch a fish anywhere else. But you know, other ones in certain areas, vice versa. Um, you know, there's times that, yeah, there's times I'm down to a quarter ounce spinnerbait. I'm just barely nicking the top of the grass as it swims by. That's cool. You know, what are uh, those? Are you throwing spinner baits? What fluorocarbon? Are you old school like Bobby with the mono, or are you a braid guy? I'm braid. I, I, I'm when braid. you're trying to, to pop that thing through grass, everything has a reaction time. Your blank, your reel, your wrist, your line, everything. So by the time that you go pop, pop with uh, you know fluoro. Mm-hmm. it's not going to do anything mm-hmm. because there's line stretch. Yeah. Mono is even worse. You need to, you need an instant reaction. You need it to pop instantly. And that's braid. Damn it. Like now it. I'm going to have to throw a spinner bait on braid and try that out. Well, yeah, but, it's one more but thing. Dude, good dude. But everybody's, you know, that's, I mean, everyone's got there, but I mean, I, I, I think it's great. There, there's no right or wrong way, but, but I, I've, I've just never done it. it. I'm going to do it now. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. up my rod and and because this is something I have been thinking about in a lot of different it happens with the jerk bait as well. You have to get a rod that's heavier to get that thing out of that grass and rip it out of the grass and not pull the grass with it. And you're just fouled every every right. grass, you know. And this is something that right. I've slowly started coming around to. Um, I like going with a more limber rod as often as I can, but when it comes to the delta and it comes to fishing grass, you just can't do it. It just doesn't work. Right. Right, you need fast action. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can shorten the rod length to get more action out of the same blank. So, you know, if, you, if you're on a 7-7 seven, seven blank and you're like, okay, this is cool, but I'm getting a little bit of lag time working this through, you can go to the 7-3 and it's going to produce a little bit faster reaction time. Mm. That's good info right there. That's real good info. Or even go 7-1. 
seven three seven one. Now you're just getting crazy. Well, now we we just we just, we just blasted yeah. him with like eighteen questions in about a three minute period. So <laughs> I like how we're like we got one more yeah. for you. Now All right, so that, yeah. that's it. We're we're gonna we're, we we have we have thoroughly um, berated you with questions, sir. Give us, leave us with a with a with a cool bash report on what's going on in the Delta, what's working, what's not, uh, for all the people out there that may be going there this uh, glorious Labor Day weekend. Well, you know, there's going to be a lot of boat traffic. I can say that right now this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a little bit of wind out here. I'm going to say for the guy that wants to come out and have fun, um, he just wants to catch a bunch of fish. He doesn't, you know, he's okay with one to two pounders and maybe a five here and there. Um, go find those dirty water lines from the ski boats. Those ski boats can be actually be your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, go find that dirty water they produce and just slow roll like a Bobby D spinner bait through it. Um, you know, if you throw, uh, one of my favorite spinner baits is the Bobby D and I like the golden shiner. The golden shiner has a gold blade and a white blade and the skirt is amazing. And when you, you know, a lot of this bait fish are going to find that dirty water and travel it because they're safe in it. There's less likely to be eaten in that dirty water, but the fish knows that they're there. Mm-hmm. So just drag a spinner bait through there, you know, like a three eighths or a half ounce, slow roll it through there, let it bump the rocks a little bit and fish it parallel as much as you can. And you'll have a fantastic time. Um, you know, if you're in the clear water, we're still getting fish on that spinnerbait in clear water this year. You know, things changed this year. Um, we didn't see a really great chatterbait bite, but the spinnerbait bite turned on. Mm-hmm. And the reason is there is a tremendous amount of bait in the Delta this year. It's, it's very bait rich. Um, lots of shiners, lots of shad. So if you can focus in those areas, you know, if you see some shiners, go straight to golden shiner. If you see some shad, switch up to white on white. Mm-hmm. Man, can't go wrong there. Can't go wrong with anything that we've uh, talked about in the last hour and a half, man. Uh, or at least an hour with you, hour and 15 with you. Right. Um, I am thoroughly impressed. Dude, this, this, has been awesome. this is, oh, and thanks. this is why it's like when it, when it comes to this show, it's like, we're never one of those people that's like, we need to get the baddest guy ever on here. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for, and it always turns out well. I look for like, I just want to talk to this guy. Like when it, when you came up right. and it was like, I would love to talk to him, you know, like, and, and yeah. it's unassuming. I'm not saying that just got, I think I'm not, I'm not saying that you're not a huge here. deal, Andy, but I'm just saying like, th- there are so many guys out here in Northern California that aren't, they don't have like the biggest Instagram followings or they do all this crazy stuff, but they're unassuming and they're amazing anglers. And I, and that's one of the things that I'm really happy that we can do on this show is just talk to guys like you. Yeah. I think I, I think I got like 600 people on my Instagram. I'm pretty sure half of them are fake. We're about to, we're about so to bump we're that. <laughs> we're about to bump that. Go follow Andy, uh, Doudna. I said it right. Um, hey, Andy, do you have, yeah. any, do you have any uh, sponsors or anything like that? You want to shout out anything, um, that, that would help you out? Anything you want uh, anybody to know or check you out? Oh I, yeah. You know, um, when you guys, listeners out there, when you guys are ready to commit to buying a bass boat or you want to upgrade, you go see Richard at CNC Marine. Yeah. Um, when it comes to electronics and you want uh, the best electronics on the market, you go to Lowrance. Hmm. If you want the best, quietest trolling motor on the market, go get a Lowrance Ghost. Woo. I mean, if you want punch, you want the best punch weights on the market, you go to DKL. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. Andy, talk about but, that grass yeah. cutter. 
Yeah, oh, dude, I need, I need one for my I need one for my ghost, Andy. So I'll, offline, I want to talk to you about this because I re- literally okay. last yeah, Friday yeah. I was in the thickest, some really really thick, crazy viney stuff, and first time ever my ghost was just like locking up on me. So, right, yeah, no, we we've had tremendous success with this uh, grass cutter. You know, basically what happened was um, a couple years ago. I was two years ago. I was at um, a hook tournament, and there was a a guy that had, you know, put his boat on his trailer and he was in the parking lot and his daughter ran up and jumped on the tongue and grabbed the trolling motor to say hi to daddy. And she barely missed the knife. Ooh. The guy had one of those Ginsu's on there. Ooh. And I looked at that and I was so glad that, you know, her life wasn't altered. And I said, you know what? It, it's, it's time, you know, you know, I just got my, my, mark, you know, my Phoenix and I really didn't have anything on, you know, and I was struggling with grass. And uh, when I saw that happen, I said, you know, it's time to go to work. So I literally left the tournament, went to the shop, developed the the product, went out, built it, tested it. And then um, after I got it in a few hands, um, we had a thumbs up. We, we unleashed it on the market. We sold thousands of them. Um, Customers are happy. I mean, guys are plowing through stuff. Awesome. What's it called and how can they find it? Um, it's called the crown. We make them for the ghost. We make them for the Altrix 112, the 80, the same, um, ones go on the Fortrex 80 and Fortrex 112. And you can find them at, uh, Delta precision products.com. And we ship daily. Right. on. I have heard nothing about that. Nothing. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, you know, there's something I'm very proud about. This product is, we use American metals. We use American manufacturing. Everything's built here in Pittsburgh. I mean, the screws, I won't buy the screws unless they're American made. Um, you know, I think the only thing that, I mean, everything in the packaging, everything A to Z is done in America. It's not from My China. Man. My man. No. No, it's all made here. Um, my guys touch them. My guys make them. My guys package them. My guys ship them. Man, oh man, that's good stuff. So it's it's been good. That's good. It's stuff. been good. We've been we've been selling everywhere. We're just getting ready to launch into Europe. Um, we've got Japan that's finalizing right now. Um, Australia's on the hook right now, and uh, you know we're just getting people solutions to make their day better at fishing. You I'm, know, I love it. I'm getting one of those. those things. I am getting one of those. Yeah, exactly. it's. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the the post I put on Facebook where I'm going through the track on low tried. Mm-hmm. Just I put it on continuous at like 50 percent and just let it mow. And at the very end of the video, I pick it up and there's nothing on the troll motor. Wow. Yes. Maybe a strain or two, but that's it. But um, yeah, it's it's been a great improvement for the Minkotas. Uh, you know, we're we're working on the uh, the force right now and hoping to have that out for the spring. And then once that's all developed and released, um, those guys will be happy too. That's so cool. They're all sitting on the sidelines going, God, I wish I could go in there, but I don't have a grass cutter. I honestly, it's so funny. Like (laughs) Ryan was talking about his story and now you're bringing this up. And literally a week ago, I was first, first time ever where I was in some really, like I said, it was really viney. Um, generally the thick mm-hmm. stuff, the ghost is pretty, is pretty good, even in, in pretty thick stuff. But this is the first time ever where it was like, 
okay, this isn't going to work. Like I, I literally have to get out of here. This is not going to work out. So that, and honestly, I'd never, I'd never put, give a whole lot of thought to a, to a cutter like that. And here we are talking to you a week later. Crazy how the world Yeah, I know. It's, it's cool. <laughs> it is cool. Boom. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I um, I was boating a fish and a little bit, and uh, I was managing the fish, getting it scaled so I could put it live well. And then I looked, and I'm like, oh, no, the wind blew me into primrose. And the trolling motor was just stuck in primrose. And I just turned it on high and just hit the gas and just cut through the primrose. Drove out. Dude. That's yeah. I mean, I, man, I, we could talk about this for another twenty minutes because I, I have talked to guys who have the ghost and and that thick stuff. It was a problem, and well, I mean, it's I think it's a problem. For, it's a problem for any trolling motor, really. But right. um, this, you're talking about a solution that that negates that, and that's that's huge. And it's, yeah, you know, it's. I just wanted to get rid of that Ginsu knife that was on there because you know it, it could have altered somebody's life that day. Yeah. Um. You know, and there was a better solution. You know, I, one of the first guys that um, that I gave one to was Bub Tosh. And I said, let's try it. And he, he took it out and he's like, oh, man, you don't even know. This thing is amazing. Um, you know, and it's something that people don't think about is my trolling motor was bogged down. Now I'm pulling it up and I'm pulling all the grass off of it. And then... Uh, I'm going to put it back down. I'm going to go another 50 feet and I'm going to pull it all off again. How many casts did you not make while you're pulling that grass off? Yeah. Well, and not only that, but you're pissed and you're frustrated and you're, you know, you're cussing the yeah. thing out. It's well, uh, and you're wondering how right. much extra stress yeah. you're putting on that motor. You're wondering like, shit, dude, how much I spent on this. And now I'm like, I'm just here sitting here burning this thing up. And yeah, it's just, it's just not efficient. I'm talking about efficiency right. a couple times today, but yeah, no, it's, it, it's been a, it's been a real improvement. I won't use the word game changer, but I'll just say a huge improvement. Thank you for not using that word. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I was at ISC, it would have been a game changer, but um, <laughs> we're planning on being, yeah, we're planning on trying to embark in that next year. So we'll see how things go. Right on. But, cool. but um, it's been, it's been a solid product. I built a product. A product for everybody. I wouldn't put my name on it if it wasn't right. Um, awesome. People enjoy it. We get some really great feedback. Uh, I'm probably 99.9% customer satisfaction. That says a lot right there. There it is. That's hard to do these days. If you guys fish grass days. fisheries, go out and get you one of those. I'm, yeah, go, I'm going to. Nothing but good things. And I'll, and I'll, give, a, I'll give an honest yeah. review of it as well. Okay. Well, just hit me up later. We'll take care of it. We'll do. So, so you're and about then, to be uh, ninety nine point nine one. Okay, sweet. Like we talked that. Like we talked. Like we, we literally we were talking about this at the beginning of the podcast. Is like we've got all these great five star reviews, and some oh, dude boy. out of nowhere just gives us a one. It's like God, we well, that guy must have been having a bad day. I mean, I don't yeah. know. It yeah, happens. just you it know, happens. one of those days. You know, just you don't know the, the shoes people wear that day. That's right. Yep. That's right. That's, that's the best way to put so, it right there. Well, Andy, know, we, just, uh, we cannot thank you yeah. enough uh, for the time on this Friday Friday night. You probably had some funner, better things you could have been doing, but uh, I know for a fact that I'm going to get a lot of great feedback. Ryan's going to get a lot of great feedback on this one. This is this has good. been a really, really good, good conversation. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I appreciate we you guys hitting me up. Much. Yeah. Just, just. All right, you guys. There are certain podcasts we do that you know. At the end of it, we're just like, that was just awesome. That was easy. It was smooth, and and this is one of them. Yep. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate, we appreciate you. you and keep up the good work, man. Yeah, I can't. I cannot wait. Uh, we're to, trying. I cannot wait to get out there um, on one of these Saturday nights and get to meet you in person and go fishing. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Yeah, it's you know, it's just going to be so much fun. Because here's the thing, you know, I mean, what's the point of having? We're going to try and carry this through the winter season, and there's really no point of fishing until ten o'clock because you're not going to get bit till ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. So. It just made sense to move this to, you know, carry it through the winter. We're going to start at 11. We're going to chase the sun, you know, as it uh, starts to dip through the year. And, um, you know, guys will come out at 11 o'clock and the fish are kind of out of their funk and they've warmed up a little bit and they're ready to eat. Yes. That's a winter tournament where you spent half the day just waiting for something to happen. And then it finally happens because the sun hit the water. Yep. So... I love this will it. be good I for everybody. I think, I think everybody's going to have a good time. I think it's going to be a hit. Yeah, I think so too. It just uh, got to grow it. Yeah, we'll we'll be we'll be talking it about it and uh, hopefully getting some of I our guys it. out there. Yep, Ryan's. I'm, I'm, share it. I'm, I'm 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 definitely going to be dragging Ryan's ass out there. He's coming. We're going to be fishing that. We're going to go fish one. Like we'll bring the ranger out there and go fish one. Um, there we go. <laughs> There we go. Like that's an inside joke, but anyway. Yeah, no, it'll um, be the Crestliner, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah, there. oh, it's fine. We'll we'll definitely be out of the Red Ranger. Um, yeah, but uh, Crestliner White Boat's gonna be doing some work out there. Me and Ryan. Just you know what? Just <laughs> just just come out there. Bring your Phoenix rods. Have some fun. There we go. And yep. that's all there is to it. It's all there is to yep. it. Okay. And we will that's be definitely um, on my Instagram, my Facebook. We will. I'll, I'll be sharing all of your tournament stuff on there to help promote that. And Excellent. I'm sure Joel will be sharing it um, on the Bass Report Thank you. page for sure. So yep. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's just, it's an effort for the community. That's, I mean, there's really nothing other than that. That's it. That's awesome. What, that's what we're about. Sounds good, Andy. Thank you so much, buddy. Have a great night. All right. You guys too. Take care. See ya, right, buddy. Take care. Goodness gracious. That was fun. I mean, I cannot tell you. Now, it's like I'm not even surprised anymore. We reach out, and we re- we reached out to Andy yesterday. Yesterday you night. You did. This was all you. Well, we talked about a couple different options, and this is what's so cool about this is we have been in this situation more, probably more times than we should have been, but things come up, and we've got a kind of audible, and it's amazing how how quickly the people in this community will just be like, oh, yeah, I'll oh, come on. No problem. And then it's not just like phoning it in. Like we have a conversation like that with some gems. There are some straight up gems in there. And if you listen to the, the price interview, a lot of that that he talked about coefficients, a lot of that I felt was clarified in this episode. When he talked about coefficients, absolute gold. Yeah. I mean, for me anyway, my understanding. So I hope anybody listening, um, new guys to the Delta or, or guys that are struggling out there. Hopefully it, it kind of clarified some things for you as well. And, uh, and I, I, again, another episode where guys didn't have to give up any juice. We did not talk about spots. We didn't talk about any secret baits. We didn't talk about any of that. We talked about guys and how they go about 
attacking a body of water. And that's it. Well, and that's what people that's what people need to learn. Yeah. Everybody knows what baits to throw. Everybody knows, you know, for the most part, what kind of rod to throw them on. Um, nobody needs to learn other people's spots because that's not going to teach you anything. You need to learn how to go find them. Absolutely tootly. That was fun. It was fun. I think we're done. Super solid individual. Adney. Andy? Adney? Did you just say Adney? I just messed up his add first on, name. Did we add just... me on uh, Instagram here <laughs> add, at the Bachelor so, Report. No, I, I, that was, a, that was a, like some kind of Freudian because at the very beginning he goes, yeah, you said, Guys, if they mess up their first name, and I, what did I say, Adney? <laughs> no, it's Adney. <laughs> It's really hot in Joel's garage. He's been having some. Literally, dude. I've here. got sweat like rolling into my eyeballs like the whole time. I've got like my eyes are stinging. Good thing I got beer. We're good. Just to give you a visual, <laughs> a, a, a visual, a visual. God, we suck. I'm glistening. Joel, I'm glistening over here. Joel is in a garage, hot, like without even a fan blowing on him. And I know what I know. What, I, yeah, here we go. Here we go. And I'm sitting in the air conditioner, literally kicked back in a recliner right he, now. He I pulled up a recliner. He's got a recliner. I got a recliner. This is amazing. And that's why your that and that's why your your audio is not as as boosted as it used to be because it used to be like right up next to it. Now you're like just reclining. Well, and but I still got towards the mic. I still got it up close to my lips, though. Do you? That sounds pretty good. close. That sounds good. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Hey man, uh, go yeah, go check out Andy. Give him a follow. Yeah, add, add, add and, and I uh, and go fish those tournaments. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, no, Ryan, you're, you're gonna have to go out there and do it with me. It's a uh, it, no, I mean, and Joel, no and excuses. Joel will, it's a Saturday night. As long as there's not a Fresno State game, go dogs. Go dogs. They started it off okay. They should have beat them. No, they should have beat them sixty, 60 to, to three. Seven, but but um, no. Everybody that's planning on fishing those definitely look for me and Joel. We'll be out there. We'll be in a Red Ranger aluminum. 188. It'll probably be and a white press liner, but yeah, either way, you can pretend you saw us in a red if you want to. Yeah, so just look for the Red Ranger. We'll be out there. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I am definitely. Dude, we got to get a hold of of Joey and and Nick, and that way we at least have a side thing, and we because that would be so. It's much just fun. the easiest way to get this done because we need to settle this score. We we need to settle it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we settled it at our bass report, David. We can settle it again. It's fine. Diana caught that fish. <laughs> <laughs> sandbagging son of a bitch over here. You sandbagging son of a bitch. All right. It's Friday. I uh, hope you guys all enjoy this. I'm going to try to get it out uh, early Saturday morning. Uh, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Be safe out there. Um, yeah. Take care of each other. And don't get none on you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> See you guys later. Good touch in! I was at about six there. You don't want to see me go to 10.